Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi everybody, this is Karun Chandok here after the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix. So I'm still here, actually in Abu Dhabi. Uh, and I think we can all pretty much agree that this year's race will not go down in the history books as an all-time classic. Um, it, it, it's a funny one actually because this track, obviously we've had plenty of drama in 2010, especially um, and, and as well as last year, that whole battle with Nico and Lewis. You know, it was intriguing and interesting in the big picture of the World Championship. But if we look at the races on as you know on their own as individual races, in both those instances, the drama came from people not being able to overtake. You know, essentially Nico wasn't able to pass Lewis last year and go back to twenty ten. And the drama came from Fernando and Mark Weber not being able to pass people like Vitaly Petrov and come through the traffic. So you know, I'm not quite sure that um, the track layout is something that really um, is is some is going to be an exciting end to the World Championship. And perhaps, you know, they've got lots of options here in terms of tracks. And maybe that's something that needs to be looked at. You know, we want a World Championship finale where people are fighting on track and, and really attacking each other on the racetrack. And, and we're not having to sort of uh, make a story out of it. But, you know, if it's so, we had a race um, and it was won, um, I'm very glad to say, by Valtteri Bottas because I thought he's shown great strength and character. If you look at his performances since the summer break, he's really struggled relative to Lewis, you know, since Mons, well, since Spa, actually. Um, all through that run of races, he struggled. And in Interlagos was the first time I think we started to see a sign of a recovery. He got pole position. He was absolutely gutted not to win the Grand Prix. But at least there was a sign of, of he's, he's starting to rediscover that form. Because honestly, in the first half of the year, he was one of the real standout performers, I, I thought. You know, his qualifying laps in Monaco, uh, his race performance in Russia and in Austria were both very, very convincing. And, and really, I was very, very... Um, pleased to see how his first half of the season had gone and uh, and this weekend in Abu Dhabi you know he made um, a, a really really strong weekend I thought on the whole um, you know he he looked a little bit behind Lewis through free practice but he worked at it and chipped at it and when it came to qualifying he kind of did what we're used to Lewis doing which is when he gets to Q3 he took it up to a notch and you know that lap he did on the first round of Q3 was pretty special. Um, you know, right up there, I think, with some of the best qualifying laps we've seen from the season. So, really good lap, put Lewis under pressure, and then when it came to the final laps, um, you know, Lewis uh, couldn't, couldn't improve enough. And I think um, that was a big marker for Valtteri to beat Lewis in a straight fight, because he, don't forget, he didn't get to do that in Interlagos after Lewis's accident. And actually, when when he um, spoke on the 
you know, on track on the interviews after Interlagos qualifying, he said, I regret not having Lewis here because I think it would have been a great battle. And, and this weekend showed that it was a great battle, hardly any time between them. And in the Grand Prix, I thought, again, he did a really good job. You know, Mercedes Toto said to me before the race that they were free to race. He was going to let them run flat out, absolutely no team orders, and, and race for victory and, and fight each other. And um, Valtteri delivered a faultless start. And then in the Grand Prix, especially after the pit stop, you know, Lewis really ramped up the pressure. He sat there on his gearbox, got within DRS a couple of times, but Valtteri responded beautifully. You know, he didn't crack under pressure. And if we look at the races he's won this year, um, Russia, Austria, and here, on every occasion he's had a four-time, he's had a four-time world champion hunting him down, keeping him under pressure. And on none of the occasions did he crack. So I, I think really hats off to him. Uh, a great way to go into the winter and will give him a lot of confidence. And I think it, it shows great strength and character. You know, when, when the chips are down, and this is a similar thing I'm, I talked about earlier this season with, I think, Stoffel van Dorn. You know, when things were going against him and it would have been so easy to crumble under the pressure of being Fernando Alonso's teammate and just become a number two. But I thought, you know, he responded from Silverstone onwards and, and really pushed Fernando hard. And I thought the same as Valtteri. So, really well done. I think Ferrari, from what I understand, we shouldn't really read too much into the gap of being 20 seconds. Because when you watch the race, they just went further and further backwards from the Mercedes. But then towards the end, Sebastian unleashed the fastest lap of the Grand Prix on like lap 51 or something. I mean, Valtteri ultimately went quicker than him. But for the last... Five or six laps, um, Sebastian showed some really strong pace. And you kind of wonder, well, where was that all through this race? And um, I was given to understand afterwards that Ferrari were having to do a reasonable amount of fuel management and um, energy saving, uh, you know, the early stages of the Grand Prix. And I think towards the end, they got let off the leash once they knew they were going to make it to the end of the race. So uh, it is a tough race here for fuel. So I think... Um, you know, don't forget, we're at the end of the season, last sort of comp engine components, power unit components being used. So I'm sure there are some compromises there. But uh, yeah, I don't think we should read too much into it. Um, from Red Bull's standpoint, another reliability problem for Daniel. So that is something that collectively between Milton Keynes, um, because this was a Red Bull issue rather than a Renault issue, but between Milton Keynes and Viri for the Renault side, they have to work that out, um, you know, for them to be championship contenders. And I, I think it's it's a good moment to turn thoughts to 2018 because, you know, season's over. I think on the whole, I really enjoy the season. We had three teams fighting it out. And really, um, you know, when we look back at the year, Ferrari came up perhaps stronger than I think a lot of people expected. Uh, Red Bull struggled the first half of the year, but came on strong towards the end. So... Um, next year, McLaren will have the Renault power unit. So I think, to me, the key point is all eyes have got to be on what can Renault deliver in, um, in 2018. If they can deliver a power unit that's competitive in terms of power and is reliable, you know, we could potentially have eight cars and four teams fighting for race victories. You know, Ferrari hopefully will be stronger. Um, you know, Mercedes are, are 
unquestionably going to be the favourites going into next season. Apart from the Halo, we've got pretty stable rules in terms of the aerodynamics. So, um, yeah, you know, I really, really hope for the sake of Formula One that um, the the guys at Viri can deliver. Uh, and speaking of Renault, I, you know, I think um, just take a step back to Abu Dhabi. Um, that was the biggest subplot, really, of the whole race. You know, Renault securing sixth place in the Constructors' World Championship. People at home might say, well, what's the big deal with sixth place? They're a manufacturer team, they should be there. But the difference between sixth and seventh is probably in the range of eight, nine million US dollars, which is a, a significant sum of money. Um, and for Haas, especially to lose that sum of money is a pretty big hit, you know. And I think um, that, you know, for Renault, less of a percentage, but in Haas, in the Haas's budget, you'd have to say that's probably seven, eight percent of their budget, which is not insignificant so um i'm sure they're pretty gutted about that um and a final thought really on 2017 you know for me you got to ask the question did lewis win this championship or did sebastian lose it um and when you add up the points you know uh, front wing uh damage in canada against um max verstappen for sebastian not pitting in Silverstone and therefore getting uh, that puncture when I think they could have pitted and had a safe pit stop and still finished fourth. You know, those two, um, you know, points lost there. Uh, Baku, Sebastian's moment of road rage, which he deservedly got that penalty. Uh, Singapore, of course, on a weekend where they should have had at least two cars on the podium. And Lewis would have probably finished fourth. They lost a ton of points there. Uh, Malaysia, grid penalty starting at the back. Japan from the front row, the power unit failure. And when you tot all those points up, if you look at the net swing in points sometimes where Lewis gained, like in Singapore and Malaysia, you know, it's probably 97 points that you can arguably say um, Sebastian lost this year as a collective of Sebastian Ferrari, but certainly Sebastian in the Drivers' Championship. And that's a huge load of points. And really, if they'd even, let's say, saved half of those, Sebastian Vettel would be world champion this year. I know Lewis had issues, the headrest in Baku and the gearbox penalty in, in Austria, but even so, you know, if we're playing hypotheticals, you'd have to say Ferrari gave away a lot more than Mercedes. So, yeah, on on the whole, I'd have to say that I think Ferrari and Lu and Sebastian probably lost that championship at least as much as Lewis. I mean, Lewis was stellar this year. Particularly qualifying, I thought, Silverstone in Malaysia, in Japan, three qualifyings in particular, he was brilliant. That gave him track position. That gave him um, what he needed to get ahead in the race and score the points that he needed. So, um, you know, he has been brilliant. He's been error-free apart from that mistake in Brazil and qualifying. So, ultimately, I think the best man won the World Championship. But there is a good argument that Sebastian and Ferrari lost it. Anyway, hope you've enjoyed my columns here on Motorsport all through the season. And uh, I look forward to joining you in the new year. See you later. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.